Welcome to Attention Talk Radio, your ADHD information station where we help those with ADHD pay attention to attention. With your host, ADHD and attention coach, Jeff Topper. Welcome, everybody, to this edition of Attention Dog Radio. I'm your host, ADHD and attention coach, Jeff Copper. Tonight, our topic is ADHD, stepping out of motions to manage emotions uh, or to manage them. With us in our virtual studio is longtime listener, E.D. Um, we're going to get into content this show, but real quick, before we do so, uh, this program is being brought to you by children and adults with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder celebration of that event, we would like to give you a couple copies of or digital copies of Attention Magazine. Uh, to do that, all you need to do is listen to our show. We'll be giving out a secret word a couple times through the show. <clears throat> write it down. Uh, then listen to another show for a secret word and write that down. So we just need two secret words emailed to me at attention at attentiontalkradio.com. Again, that's two secret words emailed to me at attention at attentiontalkradio.com, and what we'll do is we'll get that off to Chad, and they will give you a digital copy of the current magazine and then a copy of the next. We've had a long-term relationship uh, with Chad. Um, be, our show is being brought to you by them. We've got a little tip that we're going to run, and then we'll get into the show. Are you looking for a magazine that's rich in practical information, clinical insights, and evidence-based strategies for managing ADHD? We've got you covered. Chad's award-winning attention magazine will keep you informed and up-to-date on ADHD. Whether you read the print or digital version, Attention Magazine will definitely hold your attention. To start your subscription today, visit chad.org. Thank you, Chad, uh, for your support. For our listeners, we encourage you to learn about Chad by going to their website, chadd.org, and um, either donating and becoming a member. They're the largest not-for-profit organization that advocates on behalf of those with ADHD. Uh, they're the ones that are uh, uh, on Capitol Hill talking to regulatory agencies, trying to make sure that uh, we get um, the things that we need in our community to help those with ADHD thrive. Um, if you come a member, there's a lot of great member benefits, magazine, Ask the Expert, discounts to conferences, and much, much more. Um, so there's a lot of really good benefits to be a member, but uh, one of the real key reasons is to financially support them so that we have a strong voice. Uh, to become a member, to learn more, to donate, go to chadd.org. All right, into our topic. Um, first of all, let's just uh, – We've done some shows um, recently, um, lessons learned, that stuff from my little things that I've learned from experts or thought leaders I've interviewed in my coaching. And we have a longtime listener, Evie, to join us with uh, our discussion tonight. So, Evie, welcome to the show. It's great to be here, Jeff. So, our topic tonight is stepping out of your emotions to manage your emotions. So, I'm kind of curious when I say stepping out of your emotions, what does that mean to you? To me, it's sort of uh, taking an observational role to yourself. Like if I were uh, taking a bird's eye view, I guess, of, of what's going on, like watching a TV show. Maybe that's a better yeah. metaphor. And no, it's, that's excellent. That's really good. That's kind of what we're talking about. Do you think it's easy for people with ADHD to step out of emotions to manage it? Oh, goodness. It took me a lot of effort. I, I don't have it in the moment. I definitely have it from a reflective when I, when I have time to process it, then I can get very observational and detached from the emotion. But in the moment, Oh, that, that is, that is definitely a struggle. 
Yeah. Have you ever had a time that you were going to go into and you kind of could predict in advance it was probably going to be kind of either ugly or it was going to get emotional? Yeah. <laughs> oh, goodness. Yes. Yeah. It's tough. So, everybody, I'm just going to share tonight a couple experiences that I've had of what it is to step out of your emotions to manage emotions. Um, I'd be interested in your thoughts on some of this EV to kind of model this, to say this is what it looks like for me. It might look like something different from you, but maybe give you a little bit of a context to how this works. So the way this all works, my father um, had his first heart incident in uh, April Fool's of 1986. He lived up to 2016. In that period of time, he had, oh, my God, the number of health problems. I think 18 angioplasties, three, I call them rotorooters, where they got this thing that kind of cleans out your arteries, a stent, bypass, pacemaker. He had a, a knee replacement. Then he had one that went wrong. Was, it was on oxycodone for a long time, was a diabetic, had Parkinson's disease, um, had a slip disc in his neck. I mean, by the lines, we had this saying in the family at one point in time, what could go wrong would go wrong with my dad, but it wouldn't kill him. I know that sounds a little bit morbid, but you kind of anesthetize yourself to this stuff because he was in the hospital so many times. So anyway, where I'm going with this is there's a period of time where I think it was 2014, um, his cocktail of meds was about four pages long every day. And he was living uh, with my mom in Virginia and his quality of life was horrible. And it was getting to the point in time where he'd fall. My, it was stressing my mom out. She really couldn't take care of him anymore. It was time to take him into a facility. And if you know my dad, you know that that's like horrific for him. And the mere thought of that is just something that he was going to resist and fight. And as you can probably imagine, he wasn't a very good patient um, in any situation. So, Needless to say, uh, I went up to Virginia. My brother came down, and it was a Sunday where my mom went off to church for a while, and the job of my brother and I was to take my, my father and put him in the facility. I got to tell you something, everybody. This is real emotional because I'm sitting there like imagining what's going to happen when my kids do that. And, Evie, I was really getting kind of choked up. I was really struggling with that a little bit. And I realized it wasn't going to be a pleasant experience. It was going to be hard, and I didn't even know what was going to happen. But it occurred to me. As I began to sit there and imagine what it's like, I'm like, I don't want this thing to happen to me. But I got a context in as much as at that stage of life, things are not going in the direction that you'd want. And it's really quite upsetting. And it occurred to me that anybody would be frustrated in that situation because they don't like what's happening to them in life. And when I had that moment, it was like an outer body experience because I began to realize or ponder that when I was going to get up there, my dad was going to fight it and probably call me every word, every nasty word in the book and probably a few that I didn't think of. He was probably going to degrade me and rip me apart. And I began to imagine, is, is he really – my dad loves me. He put me and my brother first on everything, but does he really mean that stuff? Or is he just upset with the situation? I began to, to, to visualize that he's going to be taking it out on life. I just happen to be the face in front of him. This making sense so far, Evie? Yeah. Yeah, it is. So Sunday morning comes, my mother leaves, and my brother and I start this process. In fact, it took two hours and 20 minutes. It got very, very physical. And as I predicted, my father blasted me blasted my brother the whole time I just sat there in my mind going he's bitching at life this isn't about you this is about life 
If you were there, he's just frustrating. He's taking it out on life like there's nobody's business. In this process, my brother starts to cry like a baby, hysterically. He's, he's really struggling with this. He's kind of taking some of the stuff personally. We get him in. We get him into the facility. We come back. My mother shows up, and there's this, just, I mean, it's just this heaviness. I mean, it was just really, really, really difficult. My mom is upset. My brother's upset. Much more upset, but at the end of the day, the it was interesting because I had kind of prepared myself for the event, but actually stepped out of it and began to realize is that, hey, he's just yelling at life. It's just an emotional reaction. It's not directed at me. And in that moment, I wasn't able to internalize. Now, there's more to the story, but I just want to stop here. Any, anything you, you add, suggest, or, or should I continue? No, this is um... – this repeats in life in even everyday situations because we don't know the stories and the struggles of the people around us or what our kids are going on in their minds as they're trying to make sense of the world and the demands that are put on people. We just don't have the insight to that journey. There's, there's a comfort that in your story you were able to see a bigger picture and it allowed you to um, detach in a way that that gave your dad space to to have his moment with his life and didn't bring your own chaos in and that that's really that's a hard place to be it is but you know you're you're really articulate i'm so glad you came by because you said that really really well well the funny part about this not the, not the funny part but what happened after this was my father's in the facility and he had long-term care insurance and they came out and they had to test him and stuff. And sure enough, they said he belongs in here, which I forget the number of things you have to not be able to do in life where you get into the facility. What was interesting though, is now that we had somebody else managing the four pages of medications on a regular basis, his head kind of cleared up. And basically they said, he can't be in here anymore. There's no reason to have him here. So, Five months later, I'm the one that flies up to Virginia to bring him home. Now, I walk in, and I say, listen, you know, you're kind of coming back. You know, moms, you know, you're going to have to pull some weight around here because it's really whatever, mom. I, I take him to lunch, and I'm doing all this kind of stuff. And I have to tell you, we, we went through that whole process, and I'm not saying, everybody, that this is going to happen to you, but I knew my dad loved me. He never said a word about the event taking him in. Now, that's not normal for everybody, but, again, I knew my dad loved, loved me. So I brought him home. We got him kind of mainstream, and he got back into the fold. A um, couple of years later, his, his, his health deteriorated, and he finally passed away. But I look back on this moment, and I had the foresight of looking in an expectation of realizing that a really bad event was going to come on. And I stepped back. I stepped out of the emotions, and I took a look at it from a bigger picture, as you said. And I said, hey, this really isn't about me. This is really about a life. And I would do the same thing. And I was able to detach myself and shield myself from all the negativity and venom that my father was spraying at me and live through it and actually now be proud of it to share this with other people because not only did it help me through that event, but it's helped me a lot of other areas just by stepping out of it. So we're going to go to break here in a little bit in a minute, but I just, I just want to finish the rest of the story and see if you've got any other thoughts or anything you'd like to add. No, I think we're good. <laughs> all right. Everybody. That's an example. We're going we're gonna to get a break. We're going to come back. I've got some more stories that kind of illustrate some of this. So, everybody, our secret word tonight is stepping, like stepping out. And with that, we'll be right back after these messages. Your life, your world, your choice. 
This is Attention Talk Radio. Do you worry when your child is left out? Does your child have trouble making and keeping friends? Do they act out in school? Life skills can be challenging for ADHD kids. Learn how you can be her greatest ally. Get your parenting questions answered live the first Monday of every month in a Facebook chat with former Attention Talk Radio host Caroline McGuire. She's the author of the upcoming book, Why Will No One Play With Me? Go to www.carolinemaguireauthor.com to learn more. Transform lives as a professionally trained ADHD coach at the ADD Coach Academy. ADHD coaching is in demand, a calling, and a career. Learn how you can change your lives by going to addca.com slash ATR. That's addca.com slash ATR. The average annual cost of attending college starts around $25,000. Students who have ADHD are at high risk of dropping out because they haven't learned the critical skills they need to succeed in school. Protect your investment with an EDGE Foundation coach, specifically trained to help students with ADHD and executive function challenge make the transition from high school to college. Visit edgefoundation.org to learn more or call 206-632-9497 and use promo code EDGE to get your free college success guide. Are you always late? The Time Timer is an award-winning time management solution that's helped millions of people with ADHD manage life better. As time passes, Time Timer's bright red disc disappears. Visit timetimer.com and use the discount code ATR for 15% off. Managing ADHD is about pausing before you ponder and proceed. This opportunity to practice pausing is being brought to you by digcoaching.com. And now, back to Attention Talk Radio. Welcome back, everybody. We are here talking about a strategy to manage emotions by stepping out of emotion to actually manage it. Before the break, I gave my own personal story of a situation that uh, I feel like I did that, at least in the way I thought in my mind, uh, that actually got me through what was could have been a very traumatic time uh, for me emotionally, and I was able to walk away, um, I'd say unscathed, and actually proud of myself in that situation. So, um, I got a story I'm going to tell again. Like I've decided, I'm going to. There's a story I'm going to. I'm going to hold, another story like that I want to hold until after the next break. But be, but, but this section, I got something else I kind of want to highlight. That's a way of stepping out of emotion, and so I got an EV. Communication. Why do we have communication? You ever thought about that? Like things evolve. Why did communication come about? It's a big question, but I'm just, what are your thoughts? Yeah. Well, I would imagine that it's uh, a necessity of some sort. We don't ah, create yes. things out of there, – there is some problem it solves. Yeah. Well, I was, uh, I was at a conference. I'm pretty sure Dr. Berkeley said this. I'm 100% sure. Uh, but he made a profound comment. He said, communication evolved out of the need to manipulate people. What do you think of that? I'm assuming that manipulation can also be a neutral word, not just a negative <laughs> word. Well, I, you know, it depends on how you do it. But at the end of the day, I need, want to communicate with you because I want to manipulate you to get what I want. Right. It's not inherently a bad thing. It can be nefarious, but but that, exactly. that makes sense. I, I I need help getting a glass of water. I want someone else to do that for me. It's not 
for evil purposes. It's, I just a need. Exactly. Like I want to communicate to this person to do something for me, and I'll do something in exchange because I'm going to get something. Others. We're a complex society. We're social beings and stuff like that. So often we're manipulating people to get what we want, and they're doing it back, and it's a win-win situation. Does that make sense? Like it's it's yeah. sometimes you're manipulating to get what you need, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's inherently bad. But it's there now. As a byproduct, um, it's very good communication in transferring knowledge from one person to another. We have that in school. So communication is important for us to transfer that. But that notion that that communication evolved out of the need to manipulate people, it's kind of fascinating. So now we bring this around to stepping out of emotion. And when you're dealing with people and they're being critical or they're raising their voice or whatever, if we take that concept and realize they're sometimes they're yelling and screaming and dealing with us because they're trying to begin to manipulate us. Now, communication is there to manipulate us, but there's another level. Sometimes they get in the emotional side to amp up the emotion, to put pressure on us to get what they need to. What do you think of that concept? I think that is how society explains children. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me more of that thought. So... You know, we'd say like kids are uh, manipulate and or their tantrum is to get something out of us. Where where there there is a, a truth to that. There's a an expression component as well. And um, I think I don't know this idea of having manipulate not necessarily be um, self, solely selfish and um, not uh, reciprocal. Yeah. I, yeah. So imagine, if you will, you've got to imagine you get a like, again, this is in the context of understanding emotion and being able to step out of it. So um, I recently was coaching somebody who had a relative that was criticizing them. OK, degrading them. Um, and we began to talk about it because the person was taking it very, very personally and which is normal. Uh, I think most people would take criticism kind of whatever, but as we began to talk about it, we really began to realize that they were being manipulated because the other person wanted something. They wanted to spend some time with grandkids. What it was really all about Mm -hmm. was they weren't getting what they wanted, so they tried to communicate and explain it, but then they brought in a lot of emotions as a means to try to get what they wanted. Now, I'm sharing this with you because at the, and the idea is that sometimes you can you – know, your primitive brain, your fight, flight, or freeze brain, you have that – I'm feeling attacked. We've done shows on that. Everybody, just attention talk radio, radio fight, flight, or freeze. I did a great interview with, with Dr. David Now, and we started talking about it. But when you have ADHD and you feel threatened, your primitive brain starts to take over, and you go to that fight, flight, or freeze. You're going to fight back. You want to justify it, and, and a lot of times that's really not doing you any good. It feels good to let it go, but this notion of stepping out and saying, well, wait a second, and this person's attacking me because they want something. What is it they want? And begin to realize, well, I'm not going to give it to them. It's tough. They're trying to goat me into it. They're trying to put pressure. They're trying to negotiate with me, but the more I go into that, the more they get what they want. So it's kind of interesting. There's a there's a writer at the New York Times that's written some articles over the years that was very derogatory towards ADHD 
And quite honestly, Chad was put in a bad position with a few of them because they were basically saying, you know, our kids are over-medicated, da-da-da-da-da. And as the nonprofit that really need to advocate for us, people said, hey, listen, we need to have a voice. We need to tell this guy that he's wrong and whatever. The problem with it is, is he's in a major newspaper. And if we would have pointed that stuff out, more people would go read the newspaper. So at the end, he would get what he wanted. So we actually had to shut our mouth. And I say shut our mouth. It's not me. It's just the organization and the community had to refrain from really getting into that and realize he's trying to sell newspaper and was sensationalizing a little bit, which is a little bit difficult. But we get back in this notion of managing your emotions and having a tip and say, realize sometimes people are attacking you because they're trying to manipulate you to get what you want. If you can identify what that is and say, well, I'm not going to give it to them and maybe step out of it and realize they're just trying to get you off the charts so that you'll negotiate or do something with them. Sometimes for some, it might give you the power to kind of walk away from it. What do you think about that concept? Yeah, it's a tough place to to be in, to remove yourself from your own emotional response, to look at the chess board in front of you, see where all the pieces are, and then go back into play. Uh, it's a challenge. It is. Emotions inherently are emotions. We react to them. We, we get to that fight, fight, or freeze. The primitive brain takes over. And, and the executive functioning brain to step in and override its difficulty. But in these moments, these are strategies. If you can begin to think in advance and begin to like focus in on this, the bigger picture realizes that sometimes that response is really not to your benefit. It's actually going to take you to the place for some out there. Then what I hope is that you'll begin to take a look at this and be able to help you step out. Because in the moment I stepped out of the emotion with my father, I was able to deal with it more rationally. It didn't help the situation for me to get more emotional for him or me in a situation we just described, you realize that somebody's manipulating. It doesn't do you any good to actually fight them or this writer. I said at the New York times, if we actually give into them emotionally and fight back, they actually get more of what they want. So not an easy thing for everybody to do out there, but it's a strategy that I wanted to kind of share that if you can begin to think along these lines, you know, if it just works once for you or twice for you, um, then we've gotten something out of the show. So when uh, I go to, on a break, for a second real quick, but before we do, any last thoughts on that before we do? Don't be too hard on yourself if you find this challenging because, yeah, it is. (laughs) It is. It is. But we are illuminating the strategy, so hopefully it will help for some. So with that, everybody, our uh, secret word tonight is stepping, like stepping out. With that, we'll be right back after these messages. You're listening to Attention Talk Radio. We'll return in a moment. Your life, your world, your choice. This is Attention Talk Radio. Change your life by learning more about managing ADHD. Other places give you a few tips. The ADD Coach Academy will change your life. To find out more, go to addca.com slash ATR. That's addca.com slash ATR. Are you always late? The TimeTimer is an award-winning time management solution that's helped millions of people with ADHD manage life better. As time passes, TimeTimer's bright red disc disappears. Visit TimeTimer.com and use the discount code ATR for 15% off. You can't go off to college with them, but we can. Visit EdgeFoundation.org to learn more how an Edge coach can help your student reach their full potential. You can also call 206-632-9497 and use promo code EDGE and get a free college success guide. 
Could hiring an attention coach really help you move forward? <laughs> Does a child get wet when they dive into a swimming pool? You can get started moving forward today. Just call Dig Coaching Practice at 813-837-8084 and schedule a free consultation. Tell us you heard about us on Attention Talk Radio and get 50% off your discovery session. For more information, visit digcoaching.com. Don't delay, do it today. And now, back to Attention Talk Radio. Welcome back, everybody. We're having a conversation about stepping out of emotion to manage emotion. Uh, shared a personal story at the first segment about my father. Last segment, we started talking about how uh, language evolved out of the need to manipulate people. Um, and that's a good thing. We're society. Uh, manipulating each other to get what we want helps other people get what they want. And a cooperative arrangement is really good. But sometimes um, if we begin to use this as a big picture context, you can realize that some people are attacking you um, because they're trying to manipulate and get get, get what they want. And a lot of times if you can identify with that and say, listen, that's not going to happen, you can just walk away from it. So these are easy words for us to say, not all that easy sometimes to execute, uh, but is helpful. Um, Evie did a good job kind of pointing that out. So now I got a funny, a good story because talk about this is about hard. So, let me tee this up for you guys. Back, I think, 12 or 13 years ago, when I was actually in the formative days of my coaching career, um, my son was going to uh, um, preschool, uh, pre-K three or four. I can't remember what it was. Anyway, <clears throat> needless to say, is I have a strong-willed son, and um, um, basically one day at like noon, I go to pick him up. And my son is about 98, 99% good, but there's this streak of him that's kind of a difficulty. So we're walking out of school through the playground, and we get to the gate, and we walk out the gate. And at this time, I don't remember what it was, but something was going on, and he decided to throw a tenter tenter at the top of his lungs for the world to see. Parent after parent after parent had to walk right by me between to get through the gate to go pick up their child and then come back out and get another dose of it as they left. I'm sitting there going, Oh my God, I'm, I'm at a loss, but I know inside of me giving in whatever the hell he wanted was not going to be a good thing. So I sat there and I waited and I waited. And the idea I thought is if I gave him what he wants, he would have power over me, and he would do this again and again and again. And I'm like, I can't give in. I can't give in. I can't give in. And he sat there, and he wailed, and he wailed, and he wailed. And parent after parent comes in like, I'm going, oh, my God, I must be the worst parent on the planet. I mean, I'm getting judged left and right. All these women are picking up the kids. Not a lot of guys do that. And I'm sitting there going, I'm just, you know, this guy – just can't seem to control his kid, and I'm in my mind going, but I can't give in. I can't give in. I can't give in. And so finally, the last parents are done, and my son is still, still wailing at the top of his lungs. Finally, he stops, and <gasps> he's not over it yet, but he kind of quiets down. And the principle of, of it, now 30 minutes has passed. This, is, this has been going on for a really long time. And the woman comes out to me. As if to say, oh, God, dear boy. And she says, we've been watching you and cheering you on inside the entire time. And I was kind of sitting there. I was like, kind of gave me like this thing. And I'm like, oh, God, give me strength. And she said, hang on for a second. So as my son began to pull himself together, the woman walked out with his book on parenting. 
And the and the thing I don't remember the name of the book. I don't remember what it was going on. And I don't really read books because of my dyslexia. But I did flip through it, and it was basically kind of like condoning like what I was doing was the right thing. But I've got to tell everybody. I sat there and said, in the bigger picture, I can't give in to this because he's trying to manipulate me right now. And if I give in to this, he's going to do it again and again. And I got to tell you something. It was one of the hardest things to do to be judged for the entire world to see. And when I say he was screaming, they probably saw him a couple blocks away yelling and screaming, but we got through it. And to this day, I've got those moments where I give him that look and he backs down. In that moment, there's no way I could have gotten through it, but I had to step out of the emotion and say, this isn't really about me. This is about a manipulation thing. And I'm the parent here and I can't get down to that level. So what do you think, Evie? Piece of cake. Could you do it? All right. I, I do do that often, but that's a whole other thing. <laughs> uh, it it's hard. It it's okay for our kids to have their emotions. I, I find that I am constantly. Um, my kids have a lot of opportunities to practice uh, being in their emotions, and um, it can be hard with the frequency of their. Uh, opportunities to practice. I have to be strategic, otherwise we won't make it through our day and and sort of choose choose your battles, right? That's a popular saying. But there are times when your kids, in order for them to learn about their emotions and what they are and how they will survive through it, I can't give them the path to follow. That is a journey that they are on by themselves, and we can only stand there and be witness as a we're here you we're here for you, we yep. see you and and you've got this and and it's it's a hard role to be in, especially when you you don't want the suffering you don't want and it's not necessarily every time, but um it definitely is something that this is their time to learn these things because when they're an adult, they they won't have that opportunity in in such a safe place to to learn. Yep. You're exactly right. So the show today was really trying to give you guys a sense of what it is to step out of your emotions in order to manage your emotions in the bigger picture. I shared my story about my father taking that on life. I talked about how uh, language is really there to manipulate people, and sometimes they're going to criticize you and do a whole bunch of stuff because they're trying to manipulate you. Or my son is sitting there trying to get what he wants in that process. Hopefully we can get to understand that if you, if you get caught up in that, um, it, can, it can not be really very good for you emotionally and some other things, but if you can find the strength to step out and find that bigger picture to hook onto and like realize is that, Maybe you're in the store and, you know, somebody's all huffy and what they've got some emotion because they're just frustrated. They're not giving, giving what they want. <clears throat> you can do what you can, but, I mean, I don't know if you're going to help that person. Just let them go, forgive them for their ignorance and kind of move on. Or you got – sometimes I've seen bosses taken out on employees. It's like I, when, when you have somebody that you're working for that's promoted over their head, um, just pressure kind of runs downhill. And begin to realize is this really isn't about you. This is about them because they really don't know what to do. They don't really know where to go. 
again, it's not the easiest thing to do, but sometimes if you can step out, if you can begin to temper this stuff a little bit, it can help you begin to manage your emotions in a much more productive way. Everybody, this is just a strategy that I'm sharing with you. It's not going to work for everybody. It can work for some. It sounds really easy, but I can tell you the last story that it was very difficult for me to execute. It took every ounce of my being to sit there and endure that. Um, but I got, kind of got through it, and I'm glad I did it. So um, as we begin to kind of close this out, any uh, any other thoughts or anything you want to share with regard to the topic, Evie? My, my secret cheat to help in these moments of pulling yourself out is being really clear on what your purpose is in that moment. What What is your guiding force? With your dad, it was getting him to a new location. So your focus, it's, it's easier to pull yourself out and sort of shut that down, I find, when I can stay focused on, here's my end goal, this is what I want. I can, I can deal with me later. Or with your kid, this is about the kid and what the next step, not about how I'm feeling right now. And it's hard to put yourself aside sometimes, but there are moments when that is absolutely the right move. You can debrief later. Absolutely. Absolutely. So with that, Evie, thank you so much again for coming on the show. Anytime. Everybody, our secret word tonight is stepping like stepping out. Uh, I hope this has given you pause to ponder and think. Uh, remember, emotional self-regulation when it comes to ADHD is the most difficult thing to manage, but you can do it. I hope you found value to this. Catch us next week for another great edition of Attention Talk Radio. Take care.